Thank you for calling Gillespie Insurance Services. If you know your party's extension, you may enter it at any time. If you're calling for a quote on a new policy, press 1. If you're calling for assistance with your existing policy, press 2. If you're calling specifically for one of our staff members, press 3. To reach Allegra, press 1. To reach Jessica, press 2. To reach Iva, press 3. To reach Eli, press 4. Hi, this is Eli. Eli, it's Joey Jingola. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Good, how you doing, sir? Good. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Like, for example, I tell them what their billing plan is going to be because we get so many billing questions. Like, that drives me nuts. The one thing agents are not trained to do and really don't care about is what is your billing plan? The one call we get is, uh, hey, when's this thing due and how much is it? First, I do like it that they're coming to us because that means that if we provide good service and they like us and they see our value. Can you answer a question before it's even asked? I don't know. That's a good question that hasn't been answered yet, probably. And that was my good buddy. Eli Gillespie, who I've been informed that I'm an idiot and I've been saying his name wrong for like eight shows. Uh, when I uh, saw when I saw Eli at the Hawksoft Users Group Conference in uh, Sandusky, Ohio, a couple weeks ago, so Eli Gillespie of Gillespie Insurance Services, because I'm an idiot and can't read, basically as always it is. Uh, so I think I got that right this time. He's talking about something as simple as where we picked up from his previous show of how good can your welcome kit be, talking about you know one of the things he wants to include in there to save time, and that's talking about billing plans. And we're going to talk about the type of business a little bit later that needs such a billing plan because being an ignorant health insurance guy, I had no idea that these things even existed. But one thing at the very tail end of what of Eli was talking he's like I like that they're coming to us and that you know if if we give them good service that they're going to see value um that's probably a whole nother show in itself and and I gave him a eh, uh, at the end of that that I edited out you didn't hear that and uh, he said he might might agree with me we actually Eli is very good at distracting me from from getting to things that I want to talk about because we went off on a huge tangent here on this and this show will kind of um lead into the next show with Eli um in an interesting direction, but we didn't get to quite dive into the, um, you know, I, I like that they're coming to us and provide good service, see the value sort of thing. Um, I've been on the record before saying I don't think we're in the service business in some capacity. Um, fully prepared to be wrong on that, but in a lot of ways, and what I've experienced is that that's not the, the thing, the number one thing people come to us for. And if it's not the number one thing, if it's two or three, then that's not really our primary business. It's kind of secondary it's kind of maybe what's expected maybe not i don't know i think there's room for debate there but it's not the number one thing if it's not number one then i'm not going to be as concerned about it as maybe everybody else is but moving on from that eli is is obsessed with trying to answer this question about billing plans before it is even asked think to yourself how many questions or even just a question that you answer constantly over and over again that you just can't stand to answer anymore. It's just, what would you be doing? How much more spare time? Like what you could probably have a whole nother woodworking hobby 
in your spare time just by not answering this question or possibly, I don't know, cutting out pictures of Justin Bieber from Tiger Beat Magazine. I don't know if those two things are a thing anymore, but if you wanted to do that, you probably could. You could even mishmatch like Justin Bieber's face over some other dudes and, and really have fun with it, right? Have your own little Justin Bieber paper doc. I don't know why we're going Justin Bieber. It's that kind of day. It's after a long weekend. My brain is still not functioning. I'm going to be honest. Uh, probably Eli listening to this show, trying to put this show together. One of the more difficult ones that I've had to do in a while because, again, we went off on a huge tangent. But the, the question really is, are you preempting these questions? Are you saving yourself time and ultimately money? So when I send out those welcome kid emails to preempt that question that I think that they're going to ask, even though we've already discussed it in the email, I tell them, here's your billing plan. I send it out in the email. If they call back later and they're like, hey, Eli, what's my monthly bill going to be? I just go back to that billing plan because that's an easy place for me to find it. And I mean, there are some other spots I can go to, but it ends up being a good reference point for me, too, is, is all I'm saying. Now, Eli's killing two birds with one stone here as he's giving the client the necessary information they need to be effective without actually bothering Eli. Uh, and two, he's creating a resource for him to easily access to answer the question when it is asked to, of him. Um, two things of which I think kind of suck that there have to be on our plate. Again, back to the idea that maybe we're not necessarily in the service business. Uh, the fact is that when you're dealing with this, and we detailed again this, I think, and I don't, it's easy for me to want to stand up on the soapbox because it's so much fun to stand on and shout from. But again, this is part of the uh, customer experience has become a very big buzzword in the industry this you know past 12 months, if you will. It's easy to, to lump this under that and saying, listen, we've got a huge customer experience problem that is creating this to even be a point of value, right? Um, where, you know, Eli has to think about this to create this system. And in reality, you know, I think this system should already exist. And again, we detailed that in, in pretty great detail. So go back and listen to um, how good can your welcome kit be to, to think about that a little bit more. But really, Eli's main objective is to not be getting asked that question over again. What's my billing plan? What's my billing plan? And he's doing the best that he can with the resources that are available to him and now it sounds like he's still getting asked that question a little bit. And again, this is where, you know, like I said, I, this whole experience probably needs to be reinforced. And this is part of, interestingly enough, and I had no idea that this was a thing because, again, dumb health insurance guy. Um, this is kind of part of the process for this type of business that Eli is selling. And I'm kind of torn between you know, is this an interesting niche? Is Eli stumbling upon a service and a niche that he's adding value to? Or is this just something that is archaic and outdated and just, I don't know, like it should be a dumpster fire? Well, this mostly applies to excess and surplus lines insurance, which we do about 7% of. 7% of our business is, is ENS. And that's just the harder to place insurance through non-admitted carriers that is more a la carte and you put everything together. And a lot of, we do a lot of contractors. Contractors are almost always on an ENS policy. They don't finance their own policies. So I set someone up with an AmTrust general liability policy. They, we use an outside premium finance company to do the billing. Eli said so many words that just made my insurance soul just hurt terribly. Ugh, premium finance, am I mean, like so many things, my head just wants to fall off its shoulders and roll off onto the ground. That's 
I mean, it's such a, so this ENS, it's like, again, he's doing the heavy lifting, right? He's doing what other people don't want to do. And, um, and part of this big problem is again, f- is, uh, figuring out the whole billing, you know, getting rid of these questions that he doesn't want to, to answer repeatedly, but it, there's so many different moving parts as we were kind of diving into this more and more that I found it interesting. I thought, well, this is insane. Like, you know, why, why are you doing this? And there are, there are actual monetary reasons to it. And this is going to be, I think, in the next episode that we're going to talk about this because um, there's you know something that they can do in California and other states, not Ohio, um, and lines of business that they can sell in other states, not Ohio, that I think are very interesting and, and, and ripe for the picking. Um, but the question that I asked Eli was, is, you know, I said, hey, Eli, have you answered your own question here, right? He said it was, you know, 7% of his overall business is ENS. That does this this access and surplus lines business that is kind of you're you're piecemealing it together you're you're putting the puzzle together for them and you got to find somebody to finance the premium and make the payments and it's like you're basically you know building a treehouse every single time for these people to go play in for their insurance and um, it sounds exhausting when you listen to Eli describe it but I'm sure it's not as bad once you're you know used to it and live in that world I just don't and it sounds terribly. Um, again, exhausting to me. Um, the more interesting point is, is, you know, is this something, and this is something that you want to ask yourself is, is, is that 7% worth it? Do you want to be doing something else? Cause we get fixated on, again, this is 7% of my business and you're making, you know, decisions as if it were 90%. And, um, I'm not saying that that is the case. And that's where I had to ask you, I said, Hey, Eli, you know, what about the other 93%? I'm not great at math, but I think I got that one right. What about the other 93%? And is there a process that we should be defining for that? Or, or where does this fit in your big picture? Uh, yeah, but you know, crazy. If I look at my production this year, it's growing. That ENS is growing. And I think it's because I'm setting myself up as someone that can help the oddballs. And I think that the real standard risk, I'm just not getting as much of those. So, I mean, kind of if you're connecting the dots here, it sounds like Eli is falling into a niche that is working for him and he kind of enjoys it. And again, we're going to break that down even further, I think, in the next episode. But again, he's not getting the standard risks and he's getting the harder to place business. And again, if you've listened to any amount of episodes of this podcast, you'll know, hey, well, you know, what about, you know, is it is it a profitable? Will this dream niche love you back, as I like to say? Um, and in this case, it probably will. And we'll, again, like I said, break that down in a little more detail here, uh, in the next episode, but Eli's growing this line of business by doing something that it's almost, it kind of sounds like he doesn't, he didn't necessarily realize he was doing himself until he, he kind of figured it out. And I think that's kind of a huge part of a lot of our problems is we're just lack the awareness to understand what's working. Yeah. I say, Hey, wait, this is working. I kind of like this. Let's actually focus on this and let's become a person that does this and, and understanding what makes it different. Right? So he's answering the question before it's asked and he's helping people that aren't being helped anywhere else. And he's able to do it in a way that for the most part, from what we can tell makes his agency money or profitable is profitable line of business to sell. And that's a pretty decent combination. I don't think you're going to find too many people complaining about that since 
you know, it's checking all of the necessary boxes. Now, the biggest box and complaint that I have is again just the the piecing it together and and what can Eli and this is just if we're just pushing ourselves to think bigger as an industry, what can Eli do to even you know transform that process? Transcends a much bigger word. I don't know that you know again on the agent agent level something we necessarily have to focus our attention on. We could, um, but what can be done to take that, you know, to the next level? How can we go from, you know, asking a question before it's answered to, um, you know, providing the information before it's even thought of, or better yet, providing the information at the most immediate time of impact to, um, you know, automating or streamlining some of these manual processes that we've had to deal with for a while, what can we do to push the boundaries to, you know, focus on some of these things and serve people who have been underserved for a long time? And it seems like that's kind of the biggest thing that Eli has stumbled across is that he's servicing people that have been ignored and neglected from, you know, captives and and direct writers and and, uh, the big-time companies where maybe... Again, maybe they have overlooked something. Maybe they have not. But if you can start as simply as answering a question before it is asked, that is at the core of of trying to give yourself time back that you didn't otherwise have and still provide a level, well, no, not still, and provide a level of service that is unmatched or unrivaled by your competition as they are going to answer that question after it is asked. And until you've delivered somebody that type of experience, until you've been able to help them before they've needed to come to you directly, then you're never gonna really fully know how appreciative they are and how much that, that I should say how much goodwill that, uh, credits you in that process. And ultimately, again, much like what Eli was talking about, um, allows them to see the value, maybe in a different way than you expected to always kind of be there much longer than you expected. So it was nice out over the weekend and we were out in the yard playing with the neighbors and and talking to the neighbors and uh, guys, tell me if you have experienced this where the women in your life uh, decide that they should go do something and that because they're doing something that that somehow means that you guys should do something, you know, if if you're in charge of the kids and they're going to go do something without the kids that, oh, you guys should get together with the kids and do something. And just kind of adds up, if you put two guys together... Uh, with kids, that's only increasing your probability that somebody's going to be in the hospital before you get back. Because one dad alone by himself with kids um, is struggling to keep his attention level up to up to a level that is adequate to you know keep all the children safe. You add in more kids and another dude, and all that does is decreases everything in that scenario. Meaning that dad is going to be there to distract the other dad from not caring and caring even less because they're together talking about things that they would much rather talk about and again tasked with the the you know increased responsibility of more children in the mix even though there's two of you it's really like a half of a guy is what you're getting um, when you put two dads and a bunch of kids together because um, their ability has just decreased the chaos level has increased it's just not a good combination 
with that being said, um, I don't know where it's going from there. It's just an interesting story that I thought, you know, it's a terrible, terrible idea. And, uh, and, and for all of you dads out there that get tossed into those mixes, maybe you're better than me. Let me know. But that's my experience is that I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. Uh, GrowLab 2017 registration is still open. Uh, GrowLab2017.com is where you can go to grab your spot. Uh, there are a few left. And so go ahead. If you're thinking about it, um, you're going to want to jump here sooner than later uh, as we're going to fill up here at some point in time, definitely well before October 24th and 25th, which is where we will be, when we will be in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, to do the whole Grow Lab 2017 thing. And I uh, just want to let you know that that is available, growlab2017.com. Um, and looking forward to finally meeting you. If you're again, listening to this podcast, I cannot stress to you how much it stresses me out that there's a bunch of you listening that I have no idea who you are. Uh, it freaks me out a little bit. Um, so even just an email, joyagirlprogram.com saying, hey, Joy, I listen. See you later. That's it. Um, or, hey, actually going to Girl Lab. That's even better. But, you know, I'll take the email first and we can kind of work on it from there. 